What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, repping the, the Tracy McGrady jersey, one of the greatest to ever do it. It's a laundry day in the Stewart household, so I just slipped on a white t-shirt. Tracy McGrady jersey, called it a day. But guess what? This is going to be our second part of this little must-draft mini-series that we're doing here on the channel. And if you didn't peep the running back video, make sure you go check it out. I think that I'll, I'll be able to, to link it up here. We'll see what happens. The redraft ranks are coming soon, so I'm doing all the research on these wide receivers, these running backs. And as I'm doing it, I'm kind of I'm flipping through, and I'm putting some names to the side of guys that I like. And a few wide receivers stuck out to your boy as guys I want to have on a lot of teams this season. Today, we're going to go over three of them. Let's go. Before we get into the video, man, if at any point in time during this video you say, hey, you know what, this was a pretty good video, this is a pretty good film, piece of content, whatever have you, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, it's free, make sure you put the notification bell on, we're going to be dropping heat all summer long. Today we're going to be talking about Michael Thomas first up. And newsflash to everybody, Michael Thomas is not dead. Michael Thomas has an ADP of 28.4. And if he's available in the third round, if he even sniffs that third round, that 301, I am pushing the button on him every single time. I'm loving this little dip we're getting because of last season. I get that it was bad. I get that 2020 wasn't great. But can we give the guy a break? He's an elite wide receiver. We know this. Last season, he suffered his only two injuries to keep him out of a football game. He has been nothing but an Iron Man in the NFL. And y'all, people want to come out here and say that he's injury prone. He's a slant boy. He's this and that. Too much slander is going on in the boy Michael Thomas's name right now. These injuries, they're fluky. Players aren't injury prone. Shout out to Edwin Porras. He's done great work with that kind of stuff. He said, Michael Thomas is ready to go for 2021. And if he says a guy is ready to go for 2021, that's all I need to hear. Like I said before, we know Michael Thomas is an elite wide receiver. Since he's entered the league, he has finished as the wide receiver eight, the wide receiver six, the wide receiver six, and then the wide receiver one in 2020. Then we fast forward to 2021. What's going to happen this year? He walks into an empty wide receiver room. Emmanuel Sanders leaves, Jared Cook leaves. They leave behind 169 targets in this offense. Outside of Alvin Kamara, he has to compete with Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Adam Troutman, which is a whole bunch of nobodies. So just kind of the, the the tone that I used when I when I said those names, I kind of talked them up a little bit. But they're in contention for having the worst wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and tight end one group in the entire league. And because of this, Michael Thomas is in play for what we want to call the holy grail of wide receiver seasons. That's a 30% target share. Only D-Hop, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Mike Evans have done this since Michael Thomas has entered the league in 2016. And the interesting one I want you guys to note in the back of your head is Mike Evans in 2016. Evans was peppered with the most targets of his entire career. This is a guy who has several thousand yard seasons, a bunch of wide receiver one seasons. And the craziest year of his career came in 2016 when he had nobody in that offense. It was Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brait were the next highest targeted receivers. We know Jameis Winston's a fucking QB. The guy's just going to lob it up to his number one receiver down the field. He's generated a bunch of wide receiver one seasons with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin. The guy just produces fantasy points. But what's important about this is we have evidence that he's not only good for fantasy points, you know, throwing the ball, making interceptions. So now you have garbage time and you have close games and shootouts. But he's also capable of zeroing in on one wide receiver and giving them 30% of his pass attempts. And it just so happens that Michael Thomas is in a very similar spot. He now has Jameis Winston as a starting quarterback with a bunch of nobodies in the receiver room. Adam Troutman, you can pretty much compare him to what Cameron Brait was. Adam Humphreys, kind of like Traquan Smith, who's going to play in the slot. They don't got a lot of options there outside of Michael Thomas. And I don't want to hear about Drew Brees making Michael Thomas as a slant boy, you know, behind the first down marker. Michael Thomas is an elite player 
of football. We have this data. The last time he was healthy for a full season dominating as he does, he had to play six games. Now with Drew Brees, he had to play him with Teddy Bridgewater and he was just fine. He averaged 18 points per game in 0.5 PPR and was the wide receiver two overall during that span behind, guess who? Chris Godwin, the wide receiver that Jameis Winston was throwing to. Now, I think some of you guys out there are going to say, oh, but what if Taysom Hill starts? And Taysom Hill starting is the doomsday scenario you have to factor into his price, but you're still getting him in that late second round, early third. So it's already baked in. Taysom Hill's not going to be that much worse than Teddy Bridgewater. If you look at Taysom Hill's career numbers when he's completed more than 10 passes, so that's just a way to define games where he started and you know he's so gadgety he's going to throw passes in games but games where he's completed more than 10 passes he's produced on a per game rate extremely similar to teddy bridgewater you can see that in this chart right here michael thomas will be fed he will break 100 receptions book it michael thomas top five wide receiver season in 2021 then we have a guy who's very similar to that michael thomas deandre hopkins build and we have alan robinson alan robinson is another one of these wide receivers where he's competing with nobody it's cole Komet, it's darnell mooney it's jimmy graham i'm scared of none of those guys i like darnell mooney's a late round flyer but he's not going to command targets he's just going to be a deep threat alan robinson's going off the board as the wide receiver 12 and i love that price he has finished as the wide receiver 14 in 0.5 ppr points per game the last two years and that was with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And I really do feel bad for the guy. He has run unbelievably frigid cold in the quarterback department for his entire career. He has had Christian Hackenberg in college. If you guys remember, I'm a Jets fan, so I remember Christian Hackenberg. This guy was drafted in the second round by the Jets, and he never started a single fucking game. That one still stings. Then we have Blake Bortles, a guy we know sucks. Then we have Mitchell Trubisky, a guy we know sucks. I, I really do feel bad for Allen Robinson. He has never had an elite quarterback. And even then, last year, he puts up 102 receptions, 1250 and six touchdowns and all of those numbers were top eight besides the touchdowns and that's why he finished as the wide receiver 14 and why were they so low because Mitchell Trubisky and the offense is going to score less touchdowns with a bad quarterback they're gonna be less efficient but also Mitchell Trubisky is a super inaccurate quarterback the guy literally throws he might as well get the same LASIK surgery that Jameis Winston is getting because Mitchell Trubisky just can't see in a straight line it's a really tough look the guy was garbage in the red zone Allen Robinson was fourth in the NFL in red zone targets yet only finished with six touchdowns the three wide receivers have more red zone targets than him finished with 14 9 and 18 Allen robinson could have easily in, in like an alternate universe where he just has a decent quarterback he could have easily scored 8 to 12 touchdowns and that's on the low end of things it just so happens that mitchell trubisky was 42nd in red zone completion percentage there were backup quarterbacks in the nfl last year that were better at throwing in the red zone than mitchell trubisky just let that sink in Allen Robinson this year, he's going to spread his wings. He's going to rise like a fucking Phoenix, man. He's going to get his targets. He's going to get his yards and he will get his touchdowns in 2021. And most importantly, he's finally going to get his accurate passes. Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback that Allen Robinson has ever played with. And that's not up for debate. I'm not going to break down Justin Fields' entire college resume. You guys know how I feel about him. And if you don't, you can check out the video in the top right, top left, wherever it's going to be. That's where I break down Justin Fields as a prospect. He is one of the cleanest QBs I have ever seen coming out of college. And at the very least, he is a massive upgrade to Mitch Trubisky. And I expect him to start in week one. Like I said, accuracy has held back Allen Robinson these last couple of years. Allen Robinson has ranked outside the top 60 in target accuracy the last two years. Lucky for him though, Justin Fields' best trait coming out of college is his accuracy. The first line in Justin Fields' strengths on pff.com is being a deadly accurate passer you can pencil in 100 catches 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns as very reasonable numbers for Allen robinson to put up next year and wide receiver 14 feels like his absolute floor you're getting that wide receiver 12 he could easily finish as a top eight top seven top six kind of guy i'm scooping him up a lot and then i'm coming around in the back end and i'm matching him up stacking him up with the boy justin fields for this last one we're going to talk about Corey davis who's going off the board as the wide receiver 51 
at pick 115. People forget that Corey Davis was really good last year. He was eighth in PFF's receiving grade. He was fifth in yards per route run. He was super efficient on a low volume offense, and he still managed to secure a 23.1% target share, which was 24th in the NFL alongside a top five wide receiver talent in AJ Brown. He then finished as the wide receiver 28 in 0.5 PPR points per game among players who played 10 or more games. He was nothing but great last year. He played alongside AJ Brown. He faced a lot of number one corners. He produced. Last year was the first year where I've ever felt like Corey Davis was a good wide receiver. You could start him. I remember picking him up off waivers and starting him in the lineup a bunch of times. He played really well last year. I don't understand how he goes from finishing wide receiver 28 to now being wide receiver 51 in ADP. The guy is an alpha. He has that alpha size, which we really want, which means that he's going to suck up targets. He has a bunch of upside. And now he's going to a spot where he can operate as the number one wide receiver in an offense for the first time since he was in year two of his NFL career. And we want to really pay attention to what these teams are doing and what they're saying with their front office decisions. The Jets had a bunch of options in free agency this year. There was Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster. There was a bunch of wide receivers out there. And early in the process, they went out and paid Corey Davis. It was like three years, $37.5 million. This is a guy that they want to build around as their wide receiver one. They went out and they grabbed Elijah Moore to slot in the slot. They're going to have Corey Davis starting on the outside. Those are the two cornerstone pieces that they went out this offseason to build around with their new quarterback. And the thing is, on the Titans, they were literally like the 31st team in pass plays per game. The Jets are a bad team. There's going to be plenty of garbage time, plenty of games where they're behind early. They're just going to have to air the ball out the rest of the game. And Corey Davis is going to really benefit from that. He's finally going to have the volume to challenge for wide receiver two numbers. And I don't see how his ADP isn't closer to a back end wide receiver three. And he's probably going to end up around wide receiver 36 for me and my rankings. And that's it, boys. The wide receivers that I keep drafting and I'm going to keep pushing up my draft boards to really get that exposure too early in underdog fantasy football is going to be Corey Davis, Michael Thomas, and Allen Robinson. Those are my guys right now. Big alpha wide receivers are going to command a lot of targets in 2021. Let me know down below. If you guys have any wide receivers that you guys like that you're drafting a lot of, put them in the comments down below. I'll take a look at them when I'm doing my rankings over the weekend. And if you want to hop in any underdog drafts with me, if you want to talk fantasy football, make sure you go down below at the top of the description. Join the Discord, man. We're doing underdog drafts in there, mock drafts. We're talking ball all day long in the, that Discord. And that's just kind of the place where I, we can house this community and we can have a little back and forth. I want to have a nice spot, a hub, if you will, where we can just kind of come together as a community, talk, hang out. And I really just want to be connected with you guys because I really want to build a community that really rides for me and where I really ride for you guys and your fantasy teams. As always, you can follow me at Ronstore underscore on Twitter. I'll see you guys in the next one. Hey,